Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 62 of the Showbound Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Raskin, here alongside with Ethan Cardwell. Game day for the Barry Colts today. Cards, how's it going? It's good, man. Just uh, just in bed, actually. Uh, decided to do this interview from, from bed because it is a podcast and uh, they just need to hear our voices, right? So <laughs> we do sound a little little bit tired, probably, since, uh, since we're doing this part of, like, what? seven in the morning so it's uh it's bright and early but you know what game day have to get up i'll go for a walk or something and then uh the boys are hitting the road i think at 1 30 to head up to uh the nickel city of sudbury and uh see what we can do tonight yeah and uh the greasy mustache makes the podcast debut for anyone who wants to check out the youtube so uh, i want to take <laughs> us through what's going on there yeah, no, it's, I think it's funny, man. Like I just did it as like a joke, but it actually doesn't look all that bad. So, uh, well, I think anyway, uh, I've gotten a lot of compliments, actually a, a few guys on the ice, like all my teammates, like you got, we love it. You got to keep it. And, uh, a few guys on opposing teams too. So it's, uh, it's been a pretty positive response from, uh, from the muzzy so far, but, uh, yeah, I just, like a lot of guys on our team rocked the facial hair. So I was like, yeah, you know what? I might as well hop in, try it and uh, see how she goes. And sure enough, uh, we had a, we had a good game as a team too, after my first, first appearance with the Muzzy. So can't complain. <laughs> if you uh, do mullets for the playoffs, you got to go mullet and stash everybody. It'd be quite. The oh look. yeah. Oh, for <laughs> sure. We are. Yeah. That'd be funny. And yeah, you're, you're still staying hot eight points in the last four games. So the heater keeps going. Playing a little bit better. Yeah. Are you still <laughs> moving lines though? It looks like. Um, no, I've played with the same guys for the past little bit. Um, but Jelzma, he's a draft eligible player. And then um, Declan McDonald, who I'm sure we'll probably have on the pod here at some point. Um, Tampa prospect. Okay. Yeah. So get some chem going. That's not bad. Um, yeah, it's working out well. They're like, they're both like pretty similar players, and like we're all, we're not like I think Gels is like five ten, maybe five nine. Dax is like my height, and then we just kind of like work hard, and things have been going well. Like I mean, just get get pucks behind their D and kind of work them on the cycle, and we've been having decent success out of it. Yeah, um, I've just been like, well, we talked about it last week a bit. I, I got COVID last week, and so I, I was just chilling at home for the last week. Even, mm-hmm. like, still, like, haven't really been able to go outside because I still have symptoms after a week. Um, but I've been spending a lot of time doing NFTs now. Like, and I don't want to be one of these, like, NFT guys, but the fact is it's so hard right now. Like, I don't even – I don't necessarily believe they're here long term, but – you could make a lot of money right now on these things. So I've been sitting here doing research and I finally bought my first one yesterday. Um, really? And uh, I'm pretty it? excited about this stuff, man. It's, it's pretty cool. So I've been making, I've been being productive with my time, but this, this stuff is, is pretty cool. What is it though? What, what's the NFT I bought? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just a, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a collectible one. It's not a, it doesn't have a purpose or anything. It's, which is, it's, it's just like a type of, it looks like a little drawn woman. Like, I don't know how to describe it, but they're, they're hot right now. I'll probably flip it next week and talk about Would it. On you, the pod. Are you allowed to spill what you bought in for? In dollars, it was like almost $1,500. Wow. 
Yeah. For a little for a little pixelated woman drawing. Yeah. I know. Dude, I can't wrap my head around any of that. I see like these little they'll have like these little cartoon like anime things and people are like, Yeah, that's worth a million. I'm like, What? I, I like, keep seeing these ones where they, they've been selling for under five hundred dollars and then within a month they're up to like a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars. And I'm like, I need to find myself one of those. So I realized if I'm going through all these ones that are like ten dollars or a hundred dollars or whatever, they're probably not gonna go dramatically up in value, but you gotta spend a little more, even if it goes to like two thousand dollars or three thousand dollars, like all of a sudden I've made some money and um it was kind of I, I picked it based on if I lose this $1,500, like I'm comfortable to lose this $1,500 basically. I, I gave myself some money to play with that I'm comfortable to lose if I have to. Hopefully I don't, but that's how you got to do it for anyone listening to me. Like it's, it's going to be a risky thing. These, there's so much uncertainty, but I took my time and I did the research and these things, I think it said like 36.5 thousand of them have been uh, sold in the last week. They're like a really hot one right now. So anyway, we, we don't, it's not an NFT podcast. We don't need to dive too much into it, but it's been, uh, it's been interesting so we'll see i'll keep you updated on that but i'm um, i'm interested in it now too i might have to get some research going myself after this one i don't know if uh 1500s in my <laughs> budget but uh maybe i'll look at maybe a uh, one for less than a grand and we'll see what well, happens there, there was some in the same collection as mine uh for all sorts of prices and stuff that are still being heavily traded so if you put like a hundred dollars aside maybe you buy one for like a hundred or buy two for 50 one of those and see if you could someone but if you have any questions like let me know um Mm -hmm. anyway okay we we had a lot of nfl action we were watching and i actually lost some money on the bills this weekend so hopefully my (laughs) nft can make up for that but uh (laughs) let's get into some nfl what do you uh i don't even know where to start man it was probably the greatest day of football this, this sunday was um in NFL history maybe like you see Tom Brady just get slapped around the field for the first half and even like the first three quarters and Tampa Bay's defense did like everything they could to get him back in that game and then obviously Tom Brady's not gonna go down without a fight so makes it really close game and then you got to give credit to Stafford for setting them up for that game-winning field goal and what a game though it was incredible and I know you're a huge Bills fan so I'll let you speak on the Bills game it might be my fault that they lost because I texted you with 13 seconds left in the game that it was over. <laughs> and what did, I think I said something. I'm like, just wait or something like that. Maybe. Okay. I mean, no, it was right after I sent it. And then they, they threw it like down half the field. And I texted you before you responded. I was like, I might've spoke too soon. And you were like, yeah, just wait. Um, <laughs> and uh, oh man, like, I don't know how they blew it. Really. I don't, I don't understand. Well, yeah. So this is what I wanted to talk about. The the NFL playoff overtime format needs to change. It have you Brutal. seen all the people calling for this on on Twitter and Brutal. it is awful, man. And I've seen like so many comparisons on Twitter too. Like I saw one where it's like, okay, like two guys tie in a golf tournament. They one guy goes and plays the hole first. If he birdies, then the other guy doesn't get to play. Like that, it's it's kind of like a fair point, honestly. Like, yeah. and then you see like hockey, like hockey's three on three during the regular season for entertainment value and for like time purposes. And then when it goes to the playoffs, it's five on five, like the way it should be. And I've seen so many people like calling out for college football overtime, which I think is the greatest way to do it um you could like even like i I think they started the 30 maybe in college do you know the college 
Uh, I, I was reading up on on it, but I read so many different rules like CFL and stuff too. I think college it was like you start on the 25. 25, um, yeah. But there's a lot of different ones. I just think it's it's ridiculous that in the NFL playoffs, both teams don't get to get the ball. And for those who didn't watch, it like it's a coin flip. Whoever gets first possession, if you score, that's it. Like or, or if you get a touchdown, that's it. Um, yeah. And you you have to at least give both teams a chance with the ball. I think it sucks to to lose that way but i mean people are blaming the the rules for the loss like even me as a bills fan now like i can't it's not the rule like those are the rules man you can't give up a whole football field in 13 seconds it's the defense's fault ultimately yeah to an extent but i do feel like there needs to be a rule change i think that they even like start them at their own like or start them at the opposition's 40 so it's not like you're automatically in field goal position but it gives everyone an equal chance and then it's just a shootout. And it's and it's similar to like an NHL shootout. If you score, then the other team has to score. If you get a field goal, the other team has to match the field goal to continue it. And whoever wins, wins. And both team gets their touches on the ball. And, and that's that. And I think that would be the best way of doing it. And like you said, a lot of people are blaming this, this game on the rules. And it kind of reminds me of, I think the 2017 world juniors when Canada went down in a, in a shootout, people distraught that, that it would go to a shootout. And, you know, I think people just have to become aware of these rules going into, into the game and fully prepare yourself for, for whatever could happen because it it says it in the rule book. And if the bills had a one on that play, I think there would have been a lot of happy people as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with everything you're saying. And ultimately, I hope it changes because both teams and other way around, Bills go first, like Mahomes deserves a chance with the ball. So I think it's that that hopefully can get changed. But I'm officially like I'm full in on the Bills now. Uh, after the last game, I'm I'm all in. I'm going to get myself a Josh Allen jersey finally. And nice. um, next season, I'll be at a game, at least one, hopefully two. But yeah, so let's go Bills. I mean, moving on, we want to talk about the – canadian olympic roster or we should let's do you want to talk about our guest first actually yeah we probably should do that speaking of uh hockey canada as well um we have former world championship under 18 champion wyatt johnson 23rd overall pick to the dallas stars in the 2021 nhl draft and currently leading the ohl in points with the windsor spitfires so we got him while he's hot um and uh, we we kind of talk about the season and how things are going with him and uh, and yeah no he, he kind of speaks for itself with the points he's putting up this year he's a he's a great player and he's he's one that's going to be making the jump to the NHL pretty soon yeah he's unstoppable right now and yeah like I said the Canadian Olympic roster we kind of got an early glimpse at it here because as we record it hasn't officially come out but um, you know. Hockey Canada sent us over the roster so we could talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, I was shocked when they did that, but it was pretty nice of them that we could kind of like break the roster. Um, what, what do you think? Any, any surprises for you? Uh, like I, I'm not even sure, like what I could call a surprise really with this year. Um, obviously we were rooting for Phil Maia, former guest of the pod, to, to be on the team. Unfortunately, wasn't selected, but. Now you know, he, he had he was told he was going to make the team, so really? I mean, and that was in November, so a lot has changed um, since then. But that's a pretty up and down that he had to go through, I would imagine. Yeah, that's that's unfortunate for sure. 
but you see see like a grizzled vet like Eric Stoll on there and then you have like 18 year olds like McTavish from the O like yeah and like power and a bunch of younger guys and I know the states has their fair share of young players as well but I don't really know like who, who would you say is the most notable on uh, that Hockey Canada's roster I'm just looking through I mean there there's some good a lot of good former NHL players and a couple good European Canadian players um but one that stood out to me was Josh Hosang and uh I, I I'm not sure I thought he might have been injured at, right now but maybe he'll be good by then um and if he's healthy, he could be one of the best players on the team, man. He is lighting it up this year in the AHL and obviously a high-skilled guy. So I'm actually really excited to see him play. Um, that was one that stood out to me. And then I was wondering the goaltender situation. You got Devin Levi, Eddie Pascal, and Matt Tompkins. And I'm wondering, like, of those three, who the starter would be. It'll be interesting. I, I guess maybe they, they're going to battle out, battle out at camp and, and probably pick one from there. But um, – who else, I mean, stuck out to me. I, I think, uh, yeah, like you said, Eric Stahl, um, Jack McBain, one that yeah, I wasn't yeah. expecting, actually. But then again, I had no clue who could have made this team and who didn't. But it's surprising, like, good for him. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. The, list, the list of people, like, to make it big this year, like, who was eligible and stuff was, like, so crazy and stuff, too. Like, you, like, I had no idea, like, who was actually eligible and stuff like that. But it, it's good. Like, I, I'm interested. Like, I don't think Canada's going to win the tournament. Um, I'll just come out and say that. I think, like, a team like Russia probably has the the best chance this year, considering yeah. they have so many guys who play in the KHL anyway that are just, like, just good enough to be in the NHL regardless. So, them, maybe, like, Sweden has a bunch of SHL players too. So, I don't think Canada or USA is as big of a threat as they normally would be, but um, it'll still be great to watch Olympic hockey for the first time in a little while. Yeah, and on another note too, I think, at least for me, and I, I imagine a lot of more people will be doing this as well, but this will help the women's game, I, I think, because I'm going to be watching the women's game because those are the superstars that we kind of all know, um, whereas not to, in no offense, like we just don't know some of these names on the men's Olympic team. And I don't think that's like, rude of me to say because they've been kind of gone for a while from the nhl but um and some have never played in the nhl but the women's like we know all the names on the women's team and stuff so i think a lot of people are going to be tuning into that which is obviously good i'm going to be watching that and um it should be should be interesting hopefully the times aren't like weird for us to watch i'm not sure what what times the games are going to be played at i'm sure they will be but like like you said yeah it will be good to watch the women's too and i think um it'll come down to obviously canada u.s as it kind of always does bold. um what bold prediction no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> no yeah i i like I, i'd like to get the stats on that like how many times in the in the past few years that it has been them because it always kind of seems like it's them in the in the final final uh gold medal game in the showdown so obviously um we'll be rooting for for our canadian women's team and uh I'm just, yeah, I'm super excited to watch it too because it feels like it's been a while since they've been on the big stage too and being able to like kind of watch them at the Olympics with uh, with the delays and stuff like that. And it's uh, it's always good to see the, the women in the Olympics and uh, they, they do a good job of uh, putting on a show as we saw a couple of years back with Poulin and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay, let's get to some headlines. Just one that I wrote down here. Uh, 
Keith Yandel is set to break the NHL's Ironman record held by Doug Jarvis at 964 games. He plays his 965th tonight as we record this on Tuesday. So a crazy record. And when you think about it, man, especially with COVID and stuff going on, um, to play that many games, even like 100 games in a row, it's, isn't like an easy oh. thing to, to not get injured or sick or, you know, have a mental health break or have your, you know, family emergency or something. Like there's so many reasons why you could miss a game. Suspension. Like, yeah, suspend like even just getting scratched. We went through like hearing about him getting scratched last year and stuff. Um, yeah. it, it's a wild number. It's crazy, man. Nine hundred and sixty-five tonight. Like, yeah, like you said, like you look at guys can't even really string together like thirty, forty, fifty. Like, let alone a hundred's like a pretty good milestone to do. Nine hundred and sixty-five games straight. And I saw, I saw a Twitter feed of him the other day. Like, he's set to break the record. Like, he's in the lineup almost every night. Just like or he is in the lineup. Yeah, yeah. Um, just working, putting in his minutes, and, and he's out there picking up pucks with the young guys after practice. It just kind of shows, like, the, the type of guy he is and obviously everything that you see on him. He's a fun-loving guy, so there's nobody who seems kind of more deserving of this, and, and it is so special, and it's something that I don't think will ever be broken again. Except, except Phil Kessel is 23 games behind him. Isn't Wait, that crazy? What? Yeah, Phil Kessel's really? at 940 something in a row. And that is shocking. I know. Me. And it's been a quiet 940 in a row for him because because Yandel's getting all the attention. But man, if Yandel misses the game, Kessel's right there. And it is it's insane to think that, that Phil Kessel has done that. I, I don't know, man. Yeah, I guess he kind of just to each their own. Phil kind of prepares differently than most players. So uh <laughs> Maybe more people should start looking into that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just, it is a crazy record, but it's funny that we kind of have two guys going at it right now. And Kessel will likely pass it. You never know what can happen in 20 games, but it'll be cool when hopefully Yandel gets a thousand games in a row. Cause that is, that's just crazy. I know it's not far from now. I don't know if, I think there is that many games left this season, right? Yeah. They, they should have enough to, to get them that this year. Yeah, so that'll that'll be interesting. And now, does do you would you know if that includes playoff games? It must just be regular season, right? Got to be regular season. It's got to yeah. be. Yeah. Well, because like you look at like points, nobody keeps their points. Like the it's separated. So yeah, uh, yeah. same for that. Okay, makes a lot of sense. Now, uh, I mean, we'll we'll send it to the interview. We we do have the bachelor segment coming up at the end of the episode here for those who want to stick around for that, but. We'll send it to the interview here. We got a good one. So, uh, yeah, here it is. All right. Uh, top of the morning, boys. Uh, we're pleased to be joined uh, this week by Wyatt Johnson. What's going on, Dub? Not too much. Thanks for having me out. Yeah, of course. Um, we're uh, we're super pumped to have you. It's actually uh, 7.58 right now. We're just, we're just getting rolling. Um, so, if, uh, if for anyone slurring words or a little slow today, that explains that. But uh, no, you're terrorizing the OHL this year, um, just under two points per game and leading the league in points. And you're you've been an Apple machine lately. So how how are you feeling out there? Uh yeah, obviously feeling pretty good recently. Um, had a little bit of a slow start to the year. Um, yeah, I've definitely I guess picked my game up and been playing with some some good players who have can help me get the apples so yeah <laughs> who are you playing with right now Maj and Cooley yeah yeah and they've been they've been scoring a ton so 
that helps me out a lot. Yeah, and I've been seeing like OHL posts, and it's like Wyatt Johnson fourth game in a row with three apples. I'm like, what is going on right now? <laughs> this is unbelievable. Yeah, definitely a little bit of luck going on right now. Definitely getting some puck luck. Yeah, but how how do you can what do you consider a slow start? Because you got sixty three points in thirty three games, so I don't know if you've just been absolute sicko mode lately, or or you actually did have a bit of a slow start. Yeah, well, um, it wasn't it wasn't too slow, but I think I was maybe just like point per game, maybe just under for my first ten ish games. I think. Yeah, and then pretty yeah, slow. I wasn't I wasn't playing terrible, but yeah, I I definitely wasn't too happy with my production numbers and then yeah I just kind of was able to pick it up after I guess the first 10 games or so where does the confidence like that come from uh this year coming in where like you aren't satisfied with a point for game type of thing you want more how where does that come from yeah I think it was just I mean a lot of it was just kind of seeing I guess the leaders in the in the league and and seeing where they were at um and then just a lot of it just kind of confidence in my game um and just confidence in kind of the work I've put in over the past couple of years, especially during COVID. Um, growing up, were you always one of the better players kind of in your age group? Um, yeah, it was a bit, bit of a roller coaster. I think I was playing up with the other two Marlies. I got to play with Cardi a little bit in spring tournaments and stuff. Um, so yeah, I played up for pretty much half of my minor hockey year. Um, and then, yeah, I think I had a few tough years and then I kind of got back to it uh, towards minor midget. So uh, at what age did you think you could really make a career out of hockey? You realize, okay, you know, maybe I can make a living off this, maybe make the NHL. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I think, um, you know, when you're young, I guess you kind of think that you're going to just play in the NHL. But I think just kind of as I got closer to the OHL draft, I think I kind of started to realize that maybe there's a chance, maybe a little bit more of a realistic chance um, compared to when I was, maybe 10 years old and you know I thought I was superstar and, and doing well <laughs> I gotta quickly hop in and answer those questions for him too because like we played together I was probably like eight and he was like seven when we started and he was like top guy in the O2 age group so it's it's kind of been the thing all along I think he's being a little too <laughs> humble right now <laughs> yeah it's it's um, hard to be humble when you're just when you're good and we're telling you you're good you know what I mean? like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> But I think um, maybe hyping me up a little bit too much right now. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no. Um, but I mean, you know, you mentioned the OHL draft, and you went sixth overall in the OHL draft, so already a high pick there. Can you talk about your draft day, like most specifically? I'm curious, since you were such a high pick, did you know you were going to end up in Windsor at that point? Like, did they tell you we're taking you at six, sort of thing? Uh no, actually, like I kind of thought I was going to go maybe a few picks behind I knew I think it was Sarnia and Hamilton and I knew they really liked me and I hadn't really talked to Windsor a, a whole lot so um yeah I didn't really know and then my agent called me a couple of picks before and he's like you're going at six so I I kind of knew but yeah leading to the draft I had no clue that Windsor was even an option did you know you were going high though like I mean I was looking at your stats earlier to kind of get a grip on the pod but um you lit up the OHL cup that year did that give you a lot of confidence going into the draft yeah, yeah, I think I think I was starting to kind of get better as the year went on and, and start doing a little bit better. And then, yeah, I had a really good OHL Cup, and I think that kind of really helped me a ton, just being having a good OHL Cup in front of all the OHL scouts. 
Yeah, I mean, it's such a big stage. You can go there and light it up. And it changes a lot of guys, like, draft stock, like, completely. You get the top-end guys who go there, and they don't play so well, and they, they can fall a little bit for sure. So, obviously, that one worked in your favor with, uh, what is it, 13 points in five games. That's uh, it's not too bad, looking like your numbers this year. But um, <laughs> So, how, how did you find the adjustment to the OHL in, in your first year? I know I got to play you quite a bit. You look good out there, but... Um, there's obviously a little bit of an adjustment period as a young kid coming into the league. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a pretty big adjustment for me, especially, um, you know, I wasn't the biggest guy going into my 16 year old year um, and definitely was um, not even as close to as strong as a lot of the players I was playing against. So it's definitely a big adjustment and just kind of, you know, you're playing against the best of the best in Ontario rather than just kind of a bunch of, of pretty solid triple A players. So, um, yeah, I think it was a it was a pretty big adjustment for me. Um, and I think first probably twenty or so games, um, you know, just didn't get much ice time and just trying to trying to find my way. And then kind of towards the end of the season, I was able to kind of get going and, and and adjust a lot better. And you guys were on a good team there too. Like you guys had some solid older players, so to get minutes, it would have been harder to to kind of move up the ranks as a, as a 16 year old, but it, it was probably a good, good place to learn from with, with all those older guys. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, there's definitely some other, I guess, 16 year olds I'd see who were playing a ton, but they weren't on, I guess, as, as deep as a team as Windsor was that year. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it was good to learn from them and then trying to work my way up the uh, lineup. Uh-huh. And how, how long did it take you to get your first OHL goal? And then who was it on? Uh, it was my first game actually, and uh, it was in Windsor against Peterborough. It ended up being like an like a nine six win for us. Um, yeah, I think yeah, I was able to get my first goal there, and then took a while to think for me to get my second after that. It doesn't matter. Get the party started early, and nobody cares about number two, right? You don't keep yeah. that. Up. So, so that's good. Uh, <laughs> you got any uh, funny memories from that year? Or anything like that you want to share? Um. Yeah, I was just thinking about this. I'm the worst guy with remembering stuff. Um, yeah, there's definitely some pretty good and pretty good memories. I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, it's tough. I mean, I, I should have probably texted you this before the pod to, to let you know we were gonna throw you on the spot like this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. I was I was talking about this. Someone, and I'm the worst at this. I'm trying to think. I'll try and get back to you. That was something. We can. Yeah, we'll, we'll circle back later if you got anything. We'll we'll see if we come back to it. But in in your second year, like the COVID year, you didn't get to play any any games other than U18s, which we'll get to. But I'm curious, were you considering going overseas at all? I know you're in high school and stuff, and that could have been an issue. But what was your thought process there? Uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely kind of looked into it. I talked to my agent a few times. And, I mean, from what I heard from – you know, like my coaches in Windsor and everyone else that the OHL was going to go at some point. So I kind of just ended up deciding not to go and just kind of waited out uh, until the OHL season would start. And then obviously that didn't happen and I guess didn't really work out in my favor. But then, yeah, I was lucky enough to go to the U18s and that helped a lot. Yeah. So can you talk about uh, maybe the grind, like mental grind about being a higher end player and, you know, you're not playing games and you see everyone else out of the OHL playing games, you know, moving up in the ranks where you think you should be or down or whatever. What What's going through your head as you watch everyone else play except for you? Uh, yeah, it was definitely, 
definitely pretty pretty frustrating. Um, yeah, I think it was, especially with the oil child just not going, I think that was um, something really frustrating me, just kind of gearing up for a date that they set in place and then that not ended up going. And yeah, it was, it was definitely a pretty frustrating time. Um, and yeah, I was just trying to do my best at home. And, and I, I know being in Toronto, we were in lockdown for a lot of the winter. So it was kind of tough to get on the ice. So I was just trying to do my best to stay active and do whatever I could to get better. Yeah. So that leads me to my next question. What were you doing for the year? And did you have to do a lot of video stuff and send to teams your agent? Like, it, was that a lot of the, the work? Um, no, I actually didn't really do much video. Um, I know there was a few skates where I'd go out and scouts would kind of come out to like skill sessions or mini scrimmages. Um, yeah, I think they, they kind of had all the, the video on their hands. Um, so I think they were just kind of be able, able to watch whatever. And then, yeah, it was mostly just interviews and stuff like that with, with teams. Yeah. Like I'm kind of curious, like, did you have any idea like kind of where you thought you'd go in the draft? Like obviously not playing, you, you kind of don't have a clue really. Um, yeah, I mean, I, had, I didn't really have a clue. Um, you know, I think with the NHL draft, it's a little bit more um, difficult to predict. Um, so I knew I knew Dallas was a team that they, they really liked me. So um, I knew there was a chance with them. I think they ended up trading back to 23 from 15. So I kind of knew there was a chance with them there. Um, but then, yeah, after that, I had, I had really no clue. I was just kind of hoping they'd take me. Um, and then, yeah, after that, who knows? How many teams did you meet with? Uh, pretty much, I think, every team, just with Zoom interviews and stuff like that. Yeah. And any good feelings about other teams that weren't Dallas? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I didn't really talk to Dallas a ton. Um, but, yeah, there's definitely a few teams, I think, like the Leafs, I think I had maybe three or four, or like, 45-minute Zoom interviews. Mm. Um, there's definitely a few teams that – I did a, a lot of meetings with, and they definitely asked me a, a few questions. So the Leafs went interviewing so well, you you put it up on your wall, or I was thinking that <laughs> this is my billet house. They got a ton of stuff on the wall. If you want to see, <laughs> I don't see a Dallas sticker though. Yeah, I know. I might, might need to get a Dallas Dallas sticker hung up back there. Yeah, you'll have to figure that one out. And you kind of you got your first taste of. Uh, Texas really when you when you went to the uh, U18s later on in that year so obviously not playing that year it must have been pretty special to be able to get the call to go and represent Canada at the at the world championships and obviously you guys won gold there in uh, dominant fashion throughout the tournament so do you mind talking about your experience there and how things went yeah yeah it was a it was an unreal experience um you know we were kind of locked up in a bubble so didn't really get to get out much other than when you're going to the rink to play. Um, but yeah, just being able to play was pretty fun. And, you know, I hadn't done it for, I think, over a year at that point. Um, so yeah, it was just crazy experience. And just having the chance to, to play for Team Canada was pretty amazing. And yeah, we were lucky enough to, to win gold. And we had a pretty good team there. Uh, you know, I don't think there are too many games that ended up being too close other than the gold medal game. So yeah, we were pretty pretty good team and we were able to kind of roll through the competition. And yeah, you said that. And I mean, watching, like I, I watched a few games from home and especially the first game, because I was curious. I was like, oh, the boys haven't like played a game in like 
so long. They got to be a little rusty. Like all these Swedes have played like all the the whole way up, and you guys won like what twelve one or something in your first yeah. game. Yeah, we, yeah, we blew the Swedes out, which was I don't know, really surprising to me, considering you know all the stuff you just mentioned. Yeah, and how how tight was like the bubble there? Were you guys just like just strictly like hotel rink masks up fully like the whole time? Like, did they do a really good job of keeping that bubble tight? Yeah, yeah, they did a really good job. I think Canada, like we were, I think a little bit more strict than some of the other teams, but we were all in a hotel, and the hotel was close to the public every like all the hotel staff were getting tested and then pretty much couldn't go on any other floor than ours um so yeah pretty it was pretty much you're either in your room or eating with your masks on like two people two three people to, per table um and then you're at the rink and you gotta wear your mask at all times until you put your helmet on so yeah they were they were pretty strict with it yeah, but at least you guys got through the tournament. Obviously, we all know what happened with the World Juniors this year. And so were you guys like, I knew, like, I, I know I was watching, and it was crazy the amount of scouts. And for you, obviously, with that being like your first showing of your draft, year, were you like a little bit nervous looking up and seeing like hundreds of scouts in the crowd every night? Yeah, yeah, it was <laughs> definitely a little bit nerve wracking, but tried my best to kind of shut that out. But Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially not playing for a full year and then you're just walking into international stage and playing in front of hundreds of scouts. It was a little bit, little bit tough, but I was able to, to get through it. Yeah, and were you guys like doing meetings? You're obviously you wouldn't be able to meet face-to-face. Would they, would they do Zooms during the tournament or wait till afterward? Uh, no, not really. I just kind of really ramped up after the tournament with interviews and stuff like that. Yeah. And what what was it like playing with uh, Bedard? Obviously, we we hear so much about him. So from a guy who was there with him, um, yeah, I think everything you hear is real. The hype's real. He's pretty unreal. Um, I think he was borderline maybe our best player in the uh, in the championship round. I think he had probably like maybe ten points in the last three games or so. Um, so yeah, the shots unreal. He's yeah, he's just a pretty special player. Yeah. And um, lastly, who, who were you playing with in that tournament? Obviously, you guys had such a deep lineup. So for the 23rd overall pick in the NHL draft, I don't, I don't think you were in like on the top line, were you? No, no, I was kind of on the fourth and then the third towards the end of the tournament. Um, so it kind of changed a bunch. And then towards the end, I was with Pinelli and Stillman. Um, and then early in the tournament, I think there was four of us who were on the fourth. That's that's a crazy deep team, then. Holy crap! You're asking, Matt. You're like, you're gonna go 23rd overall, but you're gonna be on the fourth line here. It's like, what? (laughs) Ridiculous. That team was was nuts. Um, and it must have been cool. Just one more on that before we move on, because I remember at the time, normally the U18s don't even really get talked about, kind of by mainstream media, you know, with NHL and stuff going on. But that was the only hockey going on at the time, so there was getting a lot of coverage. Did you kind of? feel that support from everybody from Canada and stuff, even with no fans and being in Texas and all that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I think someone told me, but yeah, usually the games don't really get um, broadcasted till the, uh, like the championship game, but yeah, we were lucky enough to get pretty much all our games scheduled. And since it was the only hockey going on, I think got a decent amount of eyes on it. And yeah, I definitely got a ton of tests from, buddies at home just kind of watching the game and, and stuff like that so yeah it was definitely pretty cool even i watched it and that's what matters because i don't normally watch it so you're welcome 
Um, Thank you. <laughs> now, <laughs> moving on to the NHL draft right after that. Obviously, we've said it a bunch of times. First round pick to the Dallas Stars. Can you tell us about your draft day and, and like all the way to the moment you got picked? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a pretty, pretty special day. Um, you know, going into the draft, I really wanted to go on Friday night. I just really didn't want to sleep on it. I know I would have been, you know, I would have been too disappointed if I didn't end up going on Friday night, but I know it would have been just a tough night of, you know, not knowing what was going to go on tomorrow. I already had a tough night Thursday night. So yeah, I just kind of really wanted to go and, um, you know, lucky enough, the stars took me and it was just kind of a surreal moment. Um, yeah, I think just a huge adrenaline rush and I was just so happy, so excited. And yeah, it was just kind of a really weird moment. Um, just kind of going through it all and was pretty lucky enough to be with my family at home. And, um, yeah, it was just a crazy moment overall. Were you able to get like a good chunk of your family and friends over or was it tight lockdown at the time and all that stuff? How did that go? Uh, yeah, I think it wasn't too bad, the lockdown and restrictions and stuff. Um, so yeah, I think I got, you know, a good amount of family, pretty much everyone who was able to be there family wise and friends and pretty good moment. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't long after and you ended up signing your NHL entry level contract. Can you talk about how you found out you're going to sign and obviously, you know, your feelings and stuff like that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't, uh, wasn't, it was a little bit anticlimactic. I know my agent told me that he was kind of hoping they'd sign me while I was at, at camp. Um, and then he kind of reached out to me, I think maybe a week or so into camp saying that they kind of want to sign me and I'll be in negotiation with them. So he was kind of just keeping me up to date. And then um, finally one game, I think, I think I was scratched for an, an exhibition game. Um, the stars were playing against the blues. So I was in St. Louis and agent called me and he just kind of let me know that everything was all good and I was going to be able to sign the next morning. Um, so that was kind of a relieving moment and I was yeah. just pretty happy and excited. Yeah. Maybe they were scratching you until, until they squeezed the contract out of your agent there. How much negotiating <laughs> goes on for an, for an entry level contract? Like, cause you know, you're probably just like, I don't care what it is. Like I'll sign it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really care too much. I think he was a little bit more picky kind of with what um, certain things he got with it, but yeah, I don't think there's, a ton of negotiation to go on, maybe just bonuses, but yeah, I think it, for the most part, I think it's pretty standard. Okay. Yeah. And um, did you buy yourself anything to reward yourself for signing anything like that? Uh, no, I haven't. I've been trying to save this one up a little bit. Um, probably going to get a car maybe a year or so. Yeah. Ooh. Trying my best to, to save this one as much as I can. Yeah. What kind of car are you looking at? I don't know yet. I gotta, I gotta look into that. I'm not the biggest car guy, so I gotta, I gotta figure something out. Get yourself a Tesla. I was actually thinking about that, but yeah, that would be pretty cool. And uh, I don't know, it might be tough to to figure out with charging and stuff, but I don't know. You know who would love that answer? Saving up your money are partners at the Gavin Hockey Wealth Specialists, the the best in the game for money management for NHL players. They're former hockey players themselves who have been there. They get it and they'll, they'll manage your wealth. They'll set you up for retirement so that you don't have to work a day in your life when your hockey career is over. Um, and, you know, they take care of your taxes, your investing, whatever you want to do, crypto, NFTs and all that stuff they know. So for you and for the listeners, you can check them out, gavingroup.ca, the best in the business. And we love the Gavin guys here. And uh, yeah. 
Uh, moving along to, to this year in Windsor, obviously you get that uh, that big signing bonus that's all going into the bank and you got a bunch of confidence coming back to the OHL. And What do you think has changed the most in your game since you're a 16-year-old playing compared to now? Um, yeah, I think one thing is just the confidence um, and just kind of having the opportunity to, to kind of make plays. And, you know, I, I play a ton in here in Windsor and um, Coach Mark Savard, he – he, he seems to like me a lot and gives me every opportunity to succeed. So, um, you know, I think that's a big part. And then I think one thing is just kind of working in the off season and trying to get, um, you know, as big, as strong as I can um, just kind of fill out my frame. Um, still got some, some work to do on that, but yeah, I think that's one thing just kind of being a little bit harder on the puck and not being as easy to knock off as I was in my 16 year old year. Yeah, definitely. And, we talked about kind of like you had an older team in your first year. So obviously learning from those guys. And now it seems like the tides have completely turned. And obviously you're wearing, you're wearing a ladder this year in, in Windsor and you're an older guy. And how has it been like being a leader in the room for the first time? Uh, it's good. I think, I think I definitely like it a lot better than, than being a, a rookie and a 16 year old in the league. So yeah, it's been, it's been a lot better. And it's also a little bit easier going into the year knowing um, just a lot of guys in the year rather than my 16 year old year when I didn't know a single guy and I kind of had to get to know everyone. So, um, yeah, it's been you know a lot better. And I think I've been able to do my best job at, at helping lead. <laughs> yeah. You guys, you're having a pretty good season so far. So I'd, I'd agree with that statement. Yeah. Lead by example. Not bad. Um, <laughs> couple Windsor questions here about your team. So, Who's the funniest guy on the team? That's actually a good question. Um, I think Ryan Abraham's got to be one of the funnier guys. Um, I don't know if I want to say it's because he's funny. I think he's just stupid and just kind of <laughs> makes everyone laugh with kind of the stuff he does. Um, yeah, he's got to be – he's probably the funniest guy, but, yeah, just because of the kind of the stupid stuff he does. <laughs> No, Matt okay. Maj is pretty funny though too. I I gotta say, but I don't, yeah. I don't know the. Yeah, he's he's funny. There's some definitely some good characters. I think D'Amico, he's also he's also a, a real character, and he he can definitely make me laugh pretty easily. Actually, that reminds me. I wanted to ask you. I saw D'Amico played a game in the OJ this year. Yeah, I have no clue what that's about. I I saw that on his elite prospects, but yeah, I don't think that's true unless he played a sneaky game somehow when. None of us found out, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta get to the bottom of that because I don't even know why. I just was happened to be on his EP one day, and it says like I think it was like Trenton or something, and it's like yeah. one game played, and I'm like, what is this about? Like I'm like, there's no way he got cut or anything like that. Yeah. So you'll have to get the inside scoop on this yeah. for that that one. Yeah, and I never end up asking him. I had a ton of buddies text me though and asking why is Tomiko in the in the goge or something. Or the OJ, whatever. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Uh, who has the worst style on the team? Um, just kind of clothing style. Any style on the ice and clothes, maybe both. Um, that's tough to throw someone under the bus. Um, <laughs> usually the guys just throw the imports under the bus. <laughs> yeah, our, honestly, our import styles aren't that bad though. Okay. I think the guy I live with, Bronson Ride, he doesn't have the greatest style. I think he's just – he's 6'6", so I think it's kind of difficult to look too good sometimes. Yeah. The, fit. <laughs> the, the fat neck guard. And, 
<laughs> throw him under the bus, but I don't like his style. But it might just because of his his size that kind of makes yeah. him a bit odd. All right, safe answer then. Just who's who's the best chirper on the team? Uh, that's also a question. I don't think we have anyone who's really good at chirping. Oh. There's not too many chirpers on our team. I think I know Perot. We just just got dealt here. I think I, he likes to to chirp a lot. I don't know if he's he's great at it, but yeah, he does. Talk. He talks a lot. Not a ton of great chirpers on our team. Okay. Um, and last one here. Who's most likely to become a coach one day? Um, it's a good question. Maybe maybe I'd say Luca Hano. I think he just he's a big talker, so. Yeah, I think he'd maybe like to just kind of be in front of the boys and be able to just kind of talk. I think definitely be a player's coach, but I think he'd like to be a coach. Okay, quick question for you. Player's coach or like a guy who's kind of distant from, from the team, what would you prefer? Um, For myself or for a coach? Like for a coach coaching you, like what coach would you oh, take? Um, Maybe one like closely player's coach, if anything kind of like that but I think yeah you also got to have maybe a little bit of a of a mix especially with in Windsor I think it's it's pretty good just kind of yeah. setup we have yeah shout out uh shout out Windsor for that one but uh, we'll move into the personality questions a little bit let the fans get to get to know you and understand the person you are so we'll get it rolling with how would your teammates describe you um I think probably describe me as um uh, a little bit quiet at times, but then also not. It's kind of hard. I think it kind of depends on my mood, but yeah, like a little bit, a little bit goofy, if you want to call it that. Um, yeah, just kind of pretty light. I'm not too serious. Don't really take anything too serious, and yeah, I just kind of like guy and kind of like to have fun. Yeah, fair, good answer. Um, how do you eat a cupcake? It's a good question. Um. Like I probably eat the icing off of it from the top, and then I think I take off the the wrapping and then eat like the the cake part of it. Okay. Favorite chocolate bar? Uh, probably Kit Kat, maybe caramel. I like okay. those too. Rask was kind of hating on the Kit Kat last week, so I don't know. They're <laughs> There's they're no really chocolate. To play with. It's a solid. <laughs> no, it's it's iconic. But um, if you couldn't play hockey, what would you be doing? Oh, I have no clue. I think, I don't know, I'd probably be golfing a ton. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't do much other than hockey, so it's hard to know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'd probably be golfing a ton. I have, I have no clue. Maybe how, would you, how would you pay the bills as an adult, though, if, uh, if the stars weren't doing it? I, I'd have to figure that out. I think probably get into business. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Definitely, definitely business of some kind. I don't know. All right. If you were stuck on an island for a month with two other members of the Dallas Stars, who would you want them to be? Like the whole organization. Could be AHL, could be management, NHL. It's um, a good question. Um, don't get to bring anything with me. Just two people. Just two yeah. people. You got to make it work. Okay. Um. Good. Maybe, maybe Sagan because like he, he's a pretty big character, and I think he'd probably keep me entertained. <laughs> um, and then, um, 
Maybe I'll go with a younger guy. Maybe I'll go with uh, Jacob Holmes. We have a pretty good relationship. And, um, yeah, he was just drafted there this year. And, yeah, I think we'd be able to get along well. And he can keep me company, but I also know uh, he'll give me my space if I need it. I'll uh, I'll tell him I'll tell him you said that I get to match up against him in the in the Sudbury yeah. Bar tonight. So I'll I'll let him know. You speak to him. <laughs> Send him the invite to the island. Um, yeah. Okay, got a couple of this or that questions for you. We'll fire through them quick. I'll say an option and you pick, and then we go to the next. Uh, okay, white tape or black tape? I used to be black my whole life, but I think I got to go with white now. I've been using white this year, and it's been. Doing well for me. Yeah, it's working a little bit. <laughs> um, bar down or five hole? Uh, bar down. Shoot first or pass first? Uh, probably pass, the way things have been going this year. Yeah. The numbers speak for themselves. <laughs> yeah, numbers don't lie. Uh, Jamie Ben or Tyler Sagan? It's a good question. Um, maybe we'll go with Ben. Sorry, we already said Sags before. Yeah, you got to even it out. <laughs> <laughs> um hot weather or cold weather uh probably cold okay uh, uh, and everything in the snow hot coffee or cold coffee uh cold Always. okay cold guy candy or chocolate candy 100 uh weights or cardio weights and uh short hair or flow uh probably flow I've had I've had the COVID hair for a while now, so yeah. I've been liking it. Right. Yeah, just cool piece. You gotta you gotta keep it rolling now forever, I think. And <laughs> uh, I guess we're kind of winding the episode down here. We're getting into our favorite part, though. Our last little segment. Uh, we do fan questions, so everybody okay. kind of gets to understand or gets to ask what uh, what they want to hear from you. So the staple question for this uh, segment is stick and specs. Okay. Um, yeah, so I just ordered some some Bauer Hyperlights. And a funny story, I actually, um, I was texting with the Bauer rep. And I was, like, texting my specs. And, you know, I don't really think about my curve. So I just threw out just P92 when I use a P28. So <laughs> I'm, on, I'm low on sticks right now. So they sent me some stock sticks. And they, they got here, like, a week or so. Um, and they were just my wrong curve. And I was... It was before a game, so I was I was pissed, and I didn't know I was I don't know I I was almost out of sticks, and I ordered the wrong curve, so I was just pissed, and I was really in my head about that one. I was I was so mad that I told him the wrong specs. Um, yeah, <laughs> my specs funny. are um, P twenty eight, right? Yeah, P twenty eight curve. Got that one right this time. Um, <laughs> And then 77 flex. Um, and then, yeah, it's just pretty standard. I think I got the, the corner grip on it. Um, and then, yeah, I think that's about it. Okay. So you, you don't know too much about your specs, obviously. And you got, you got to pay more attention to that. Hopefully the Bauer rep can listen to this interview. So he'll never, uh, never get the wrong answer out of yeah. you again. Um, yeah. But pregame meal? Uh, just chicken parm and pasta. Okay. Carb load, nice. Yeah. Minor hockey memory. Um, it's a good question. Um, I don't know. Minor hockey was amazing. I think 
Um, one of them's had to have been the brick. Mm-hmm. Um, what I time? Went, <laughs> uh, which year? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe I might have to go with the first year. Because yeah. I think that's when I was playing with the O2s and I kind of knew everyone. Um, and then you were there, right, Cardsy? Yeah, we had, we had a good yeah. squad. Yeah, so, yeah, I think that was just my first experience to it. Um, yeah, I think that was a pretty fun experience just being in Edmonton and um yeah I know I had a ton of fun there yeah that was unreal and last but not least favorite thing about Windsor um I think it's just got to be the boys I think we have a, a pretty good group in Windsor um yeah I think it makes it pretty easy going to the rink every day and just being able to see just all the boys and being able to hang out with them and you know there's definitely a lot of characters on this team who are able to to make life pretty fun and, and, you know, enjoy yourself at the rink and especially sure. outside of the rink. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Do you, do you, do you guys play tonight or tomorrow? Uh, or no, we play on Thursday. Okay. Yeah. So keep, keep the points rolling and Rask, you got anything? No, I just want to say thanks for coming on, especially this early in the morning. Uh, it was nice meeting you and I appreciate you taking the time, but I'll let cards finish her up here. Yeah. Dub, we really appreciate you taking the time. Obviously, we kind of made this work uh, early morning, and and we do appreciate you taking the time out of your day and uh, coming on here, and I'm sure the fans are going to love this one. So, thanks. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me out, boys. All right. want to thank Wyatt Johnson for that one. Good interview. Good to hear from him, the OHL points leader. So, that was cool. What did you think of it? Yeah, it was nice to catch up. I haven't talked to Dub in a while, and it's kind of funny. Um we played together when we were like, he was like seven. I was like eight years old. And, you know, we, we played every spring. You kind of knew like you finished with your winter club and you, you knew you were going to the same spring team every year. And, and we were on the, on the same team for like a span of like five years until like kind of spring hockey aged out. So got to build a pretty good relationship with him and his family and uh, all the rest of the guys on those teams. So nice to catch up with him for sure. And yeah, like you said, he's having a hell of a year. Yeah, and uh, we can move into some Bachelor stuff now. I guess, well, we can be honest, right? You you watched the first episode, I watched the second episode, and we can go from there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the first episode, everyone kind of knows what happens. It's like intros, just introducing yourself to uh, to the Batch. And, you know, there wasn't too much excitement or drama, really, um, from what I saw. I was on my phone a little bit, I won't lie. But uh, I'm looking forward to the second one because you said there's uh, quite a bit of drama. There's a lot. And actually, just so the listeners know, I guess by now the third episode has come out. So we are one behind. But let's let's make an effort next week. Let's be on it. Let's be up to date. Watch the fourth one, even if we can, and and try to do it like that. So at least the, the listeners aren't listening to us a week behind. But the second episode did have a lot of drama. And you'll see, man. But there's this one girl. Her name's Shanae, if you remember from the first. I don't know. Um she is just a nightmare, dude. Crazy, crazy person. And she is getting destroyed online right now because she was like, uh, I don't know how to say it in the right words. I guess she was like putting down a girl in the house for having a mental disability. And I'm actually cool. shocked that they put it in the show. Um, but I go look at her. I was just looking at her Instagram and I was looking at the comments just to see what happened. And dude, she, I mean, they're all disabled now, her comments, but she was getting roasted online and deservingly so but this girl was crazy and it wasn't even just that she was just creating fights um 
She was the center of all the drama. It was absolutely wild. When you watch the episode, you'll be like, what is this girl doing? And uh, I'm pretty sure she stays in for a while too, because in the foreshadowing for the next episode or whatever, like she's in there. So uh, oh. it, they, they love to reward the drama on the show. Uh, there was a part even where, what's the guy's name? The Bachelor. Oh. Now you're making us look bad. <laughs> yeah, I know. But yeah, it was like, it started with a CH, I think. Chase? Not Chad. No. No, Chasen was another guy on the show. Oh, yeah, I remember that guy. Oh. Oh, I'm not about to look this up right now. Come on. Who is the bachelor? Oh, Clayton. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Clayton. Now, uh, he even asked at one point if he's able, if, if anyone's ever taken back a rose, which was, you know, mm-hmm. exciting. So, uh, some drama for sure. And my early pick to win is Susie. I don't know if she made an impact on the first episode, but she, she's doing well in the second one. So, that's who I'm picking uh, for mine. Do you, would you have a pick after the first episode? No, not yet. You got to let me get into it a little bit more, and then I'll uh, be able to make a prediction for you next week. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going Susie right now. We'll see. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll catch up for the next week. You got a busy game schedule this week. How many, four games? Yeah, bro. We just had one canceled against Hamilton too. Um, it just seems like, like I've never heard of like canceled games in my life and now obviously with COVID and then you have like non-related COVID cancellations, like obviously Hamilton, uh, had a non-related COVID illness and, so they, they weren't allowed to play. And then you see like weather cancellations and stuff. It's <laughs> like, oh my gosh, let's, let, let's try to play these games here. And uh, no, it's it's crazy busy. And the OHL is doing an amazing job of kind of like fitting all the games in. It's it's definitely a lot different. It's more of a pro schedule for sure. And yeah, so we play today, Tuesday, Thursday at home. And then we have a little northern road trip. We go Sioux and Sudbury on the weekend. So should be fun to get on the road with the boys spend a couple nights in a hotel uh get to see jt up in the sioux in his uh, new red and white color so we'll see what that's all about yeah that'll be exciting good luck to the boys for for this weekend and stay hot man because who knows maybe you get yourself a connie and get get hooked up with the gavin well specialist <laughs> <laughs> hopefully man just gotta keep playing the right way yeah all right you want to take it away yes sir i mean it was a crazy week in the NFL, um, busy weeks in the OHL, busy weeks in the NHL, lots of hockey on, lots of sports. Uh, if, if you're a uh, sports fanatic, which I'm sure you are, if you listen to this podcast, you got an amazing week ahead of you and uh, more NFL, which should be promising this weekend. And uh, no, it's, it's going to be a great week. So everyone enjoy your next seven days and we'll catch you next Wednesday.